The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix or at bellford.com. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Canción Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the Mask, whether on the ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. Check us out at BehindTheMask.com. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized shower shoes and koozies at IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Zach Bondurant. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app tonight, this is, of course, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas, beautiful hotel in downtown Las Vegas, the great uh, Bar Canada, where we will be doing a series of live shows uh, in the middle of uh, January. So we look forward to that. We welcome the D on board as our presenting partner, Scott Strandy, joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. And my co-host, as always, Zach Mondrant, joining me from Chandler, Arizona. Zach, how are you this evening? I am hanging in there. How about you? <laughs> I'm doing the same. You had a good Christmas, I take it? I survived. <laughs> uh, I'm not a huge well, you- like I'm not a I'm not a huge <laughs> Christmas person, so Christmas is kind of a, a thrive and survive for me. So made it through and on to the next thing. All right, so you were in California for a few days in the uh, COVID hotbed, and glad you got out of there safely to be uh, be for sure on that. But um, how were things there? Just for just for a quick little opener. Did you notice anything different in California when you were there? I mean, for the most part, my family and I had stayed home, but in the aspect of like going to like my grandma's and. Um, like I think we had to go to like the grocery store and stuff like that. Um, it it it's it seemed fairly normal, I guess, for for what is you know applicable to what we did. But uh, right. like restaurants, you can't. You, there's no eating, like not even outdoor eating. Um, they don't have gyms open like that, so. It's it's a little more it's it's more strict than what it is in Arizona, um, which I mean is kind of I guess it's up to the individual like counties on how they do it. But uh, as far as, as far as I could tell, it wasn't you know nothing too crazy. So well, that's good. And as we know in Arizona, there is uh, uh, not only one hockey team opening up in the NHL, but two right here in the valley with the uh, San Jose Sharks calling this home at least for a while uh, while they're displaced from from their home up in the uh, Northern California area. But that's what we're here to talk about tonight, Zach. We are just uh, one week away from uh, opening of training camps. Of course, some of them will open 
This week, if you didn't make the playoffs last year, you're able to start your camp a little bit early on January 31st. Everybody else, I'm sorry, December 31st. Everybody else goes on January 3rd. So um, we're close, right? And the uh, the Arizona Coyotes have uh, decided that they're going to be able to allow a limited numbers of fans in the building, which is unique because I believe they're the only team in the NHL able, able to do that. They think they can do so safely. So, you know, uh, good on them. Let's uh, see what happens. We had our own Seth Askelson out uh, last week uh, doing the um, painting of the ice. Uh, I joked with Seth. He did a great job with an interview with uh, Xavier Gutierrez as well. But uh, I joked with him because I said that's the first time I've ever seen him go out and just watch paint dry. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was. It, I don't, I don't think he was amused. Nobody was amused. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. To, it was pretty cool to see photos from it at least, and to like to see people at least in the building. But um, I mean, to to speak to something like you said, the yeah, the Coyotes are definitely going to have fans. It seems like they're going to have fans in this arena. But I also saw where Tampa was going to have like twenty three percent capacity. So I think you're. Oh, I, think I didn't hear that. I did not hear yeah, that. Yeah, so good. I think we're going to start having fans um, within like a limited amount within like like certain states. Um, trying to think of other ones that might have it, like Texas. I'm sure will have some capacity there. The Hurricanes maybe. Um, if Tampa's probably if Tampa's going to have some some fans, I'm sure Florida will. So. I'm sure we'll have some other organizations uh, jump on the fans uh, coming into the building. So we'll see. Hopefully that's the case. Well, we know one thing. Uh, we know two things. Training camp starts, like I said, uh, January 3rd for most teams. And uh, regular season play, the 56-game schedule begins on January 13th. So my thoughts on tonight, Zach, were this. I told you off uh, off air that I thought we'd talk a little bit about the Coyotes, talk a little bit about the Avalanche, and wrap things up with the Vegas Golden Knights as we break down the show. But before we even get into that, let's talk a little bit of World Juniors because the uh, Team USC is off tonight as well, and then they'll get back into things tomorrow, uh, I think early afternoon or something like that. But um, I don't know how much you had a chance to see of it over the uh, the Christmas holiday, but uh, – the Americans did, were not sharp, uh, I didn't think, against the, the Russians and, and fell to them 5-3 to three on an empty net goal. But then they came back and, and got Austria, and they got Austria <laughs> to the tune of about 80 shots on goal and 11 goals on uh, on the, the goaltenders from Austria. So I think they're healthy again. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, the Czech Republic knocked off Russia. So... Everybody in that division, that pool, is is uh, three points, at least going into today. Yeah, and then Sweden's got six. They've won both of their games. Um, again, one against the Czechs and then the other against Austria. So not like not the toughest. They they haven't Sweden hasn't played the top the other two the top two teams that are in there, which is the US and, and Russia. So um not knocking that, you know, that that Czech win against Russia, but uh, the two other powerhouses they've yet to come up against. But, um, yeah, I mean, the U.S., it seems like they're kind of notorious for for getting a, a slow start when it comes to the World Juniors. I don't know that I can think of a, a year where they've gone off and just, you know, shelled everybody in the, in the group play. But, um, I mean, if you look at the other groups with Canada and Finland, that's another one that's uh, – that, Canada went off on uh, on Germany the other night, and I saw 
I saw a goal where it was, you know, it was on the way to the net and the, the time expired and then they still counted as a goal. And I was like, well, well that's Canada for you. They're going to get the benefit of the doubt. What I did not realize <laughs> is that it was still the first period. It was just ending. And then I was like, well, they, they you know, that helped them win the game. But the fact of the matter is they were still going to put up another 12 goals. So that's uh, we talked about it a, a week ago, two ago where those players are all like 22 of them are first round draft picks. And then, the rest of them are all drafted except for the one uh, the one goalie. So that, that team is phenomenal, even without Kirby Doc. Yeah, and for those that don't know, Kirby Doc was, uh, was injured in a prelim uh, game and didn't even uh, get into the start of it. But they did leave the C on his jersey. He is rooting them on, and he is still the captain of uh, Team Canada. So I guess that's a good thing for for them to have him there for moral support. But, yeah, that, that team is stacked and loaded and whatever else you want to call it. It's going to be crazy. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, New Year's Eve because I told you those those games on New Year's Eve, especially the last two, are going to be very, very exciting. So check your schedules on that. Get to NHL Network and, and watch uh, those games. Quick shout-out to uh, some of the guys in our area. Um, Brendan Brisson looked really, really good for uh, the, the Vegas draft pick for Team USA. I thought Bobby Brink looked pretty good, the University of Denver. Sorry, I happened to grab some photos off of uh, off of the broadcast and put them up, and, and Bobby was – I thought he was really good. He just probably needed to shoot a little more. He likes to pass the puck, as we all know, and, and he did that. So um, congratulations. John – is it John Farinucci? Is that his – Farnacci, uh, the uh, Coyote kid? I can't remember uh, Fair yeah, enough. it's it's Something kind like of a, a different story. Sorry, sorry if I messed up your name, but he <laughs> looked really good as well. So, okay, so so let's jump into the Arizona Coyotes before we start talking about the roster and where they're at. They're still trying to make a deal. They just didn't make a deal um, to to get Drake Kajula in. I know they're working on a deal uh, right now that's in the works. So we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but their schedule, they're going to open uh, January fourteenth. Uh, as the home team against the San Jose Sharks, who is also in their building. <laughs> weird, really weird. They're going to play them again on the 16th. And then what gets really interesting, Zach, is they're going to play the Vegas Golden Knights on the 18th and the 20th, both in Vegas. When that's over with, they're going to come back on the 22nd and 24th and play the Golden Knights in Arizona, which is interesting. So uh, just your thoughts on when you saw the schedule come out, we know it's going to be really heavy because they're just going to play conference-only games, but what do you think? Um, I mean, well, before the schedule came out, they definitely they, they, they divvied up the conferences. And when I saw where Arizona was placed, which is it's kind of where we figured they were going to be placed, we knew they were going to have Vegas and it was going to be a no-brainer that Colorado was going to be in there. But um, when I saw who they had, um, I figured it was going to be kind of a tough season. Um, Anaheim could be that one team that makes a kind of surprise push, and they play them uh, the final two games in January, um, both in Arizona, so that'll kind of help them out there. But they're going to have four games in a row against Vegas, and that's going to be a tough draw. Now, it is it is a possibility because they are going to have um, such familiarity of them uh, going into those last two games at home on the 22nd, 24th, 
that they could take out a few and, and uh, or take a win off of the Knights. And the other thing I think we got to think of too, uh, with these teams playing each other so frequently, um, familiar, familiarity is going to breed a lot of contempt. These guys are, are going to be playing each other a lot. And, you know, sometimes when, when normally during the season, you play every team twice, one at home, one on the road. Well, if you play some of these teams, but um, you may play them three times in the conference, or I forget how they divvy up the schedule when it comes to the conferences. But, um, you know, you're going to be playing these guys. So say the Blues, you would play and, you know, you can get off to a, a rough start and you get a few few guys going at it on, on either team. And, well, two nights later, you're going to play that same team again. So you're going to have a lot of, uh, I think, a lot of interesting a lot of interesting plays, a lot of interesting games when it comes down to playing each other so frequently. But um, going into February, they're going to start out on the road for two weeks, uh, two at St. Louis, two at Minnesota, two at Colorado, and then they come home for, for a good two-week run. So um, they're, Arizona's kind of got it nice where, they, where they're kind of in the middle of everything. Their, their longest trek will be up to Minnesota. But otherwise, it's going to be up to Colorado, uh, over to Anaheim, over to L.A., San Jose, all relatively very close. You're not going to be doing a lot of time zone changes, which is kind of nice. Um, your only two ones are going to be St. Louis and Minnesota. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they do. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of teams thrive who are, quote-unquote, in that rebuilding process because they're not going to be traveling so much. Um, and you'll be able to still go home and, and have that time with your family unlike the bubble. So um, I think the NHL did a great job putting the schedule together, and I'm really excited to see um, see how the travel travel works within these conferences, especially for the Canadian conferences. So or the Canadian conference, there's only one. So um, yeah, I think I think they did a great job. I think the only bummer is that we're we're going to see the same teams over and over again play, but the bottom line is at least we, uh, at least we get to see them play. And the NHL was able to pivot and find a way to to get everything everything going for this season. Yeah, very well said on the uh, on the recap of the schedule. I agree uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, back in the olden days, Zach, they used to uh, play a lot like this in the conferences and didn't play a lot out. And the big uh, gripe was. Yeah, the East never got to see the West, and the West never got to see the East during the regular season. So uh, we've kind of gotten spoiled over the last decade or so when they've been, been doing that, and now we're going back a little bit old school for this year. So it's going to be different. Um, uh, as we get into the actual rosters, as I said, Drake Kajula was uh, a late trade uh, pickup. They also traded out Derek Stepman and got a second rounder for next year. Your thoughts on that one? Because I know you were uh, playing GM for us. Uh, before the season started, what did you think of that move? Uh, I feel like Stefan was one of the guys on the trade block. I don't remember if I had him on the, on my trade block specifically, but he was one of the guys that I had kind of figured would be on the way out. He's got kind of a he's got a higher salary, um, and it was a way for for Arizona to kind of cut some for this year, and it did exactly that. And they get to recoup not necessarily get back because they had their second round next year but um they get to they get to get two second rounders and as opposed to having maybe that only 
losing out on that first round pick. The one thing to note is that that pick is does not belong to the Senators. It originally belonged to the Columbus Blue Jackets. So you, you even though it came from the Senators, and when I saw that, I was like, okay, great. That's a that's probably going to be a really high pick. No, you know, not trying to disrespect the Ottawa Senators, but fact of the matter turn, is turn, is the, turn your sound down joey decord i know if jo- <laughs> hey i tell you what if joey's in net i change my mind i'll, I'll be <laughs> all right there joey's my joey's my dude so um uh but i mean the fact of the matter is is ottawa is probably going to have a um you know still in that rebuilding mode uh they're, they they've got tim stutzel which they just signed so i think it's i think it's going to be a good season for them but the fact that it is a Columbus Blue Jackets original pick kind of changes changes the um, the mood of it slightly. You still have two second round picks, which is great, which means you can move up, uh, especially since you have a first or a third next year. Uh, and then you have two fours. Uh, you have your the Coyotes original, and then one from the Penguins. So um, you got to think it, at least they're getting some picks back. I love the move because the fact of the matter is Coyotes need as many picks as they can. It doesn't matter where it's coming from. Um, and I would, I would, I think fairly project that with that Columbus pick, it's probably going to be um, mid to like midfield to just scraping top tier field. Uh, they may make the playoffs, but um, I still think it's going to be a, a decent pick for them. And the Coyotes is, you know, it depends. I don't know how their season uh, season's going to go. Like I said, they are they are in a, a division where they've got the two best teams, arguably, in the NHL, where they're going to be playing them. Uh, I mean, they play Vegas four times in the first month, and then immediately after they play Colorado four times the next month. And then on top of that, you have St. Louis, who you play four times in February also. So, that's um that's potentially um uh, twelve twelve games that you're gonna have a hard a hard fight uh, you're gonna have a hard fight in front of you so um when you look ahead to the draft you you can considerably think the Coyotes are gonna be picking fairly high and uh, that bodes well for having a second rounder and maybe packaging those two if you find somebody that you really like and moving up to the first round uh, probably be a late first round but either way it still be a first round talent so. Uh, I think it was a good move. I think getting rid of that salary of Stefan, you do lose the leadership. And on top of that, the one thing that you do lose is a good face-off man. So uh, they're going to have to find somebody to jump in and uh, take those face-offs. Maybe Nick Schmaltz is that guy, uh, seeing how he missed a lot of last year. But um, I think that's the biggest loss is leadership, and that's what you need when it comes to rebuilding. And then uh, when it comes to in-game play, is um, is the face-offs because that's that's a big thing when it comes to power plays and penalty kills. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. What they what they did do is uh, is a couple of things chemistry wise. I, I like the pickup of Drake Kajula. I, I kind of like his style, and I think he's going to really play well with his old college uh, line mate Nick Schmaltz. That'll be a uh, matchup to watch. Whoever they put on the uh, the other wing with those two, uh, I also think. Uh, an eye-opener this year is going to be Barrett Hayton. I've been saying it for a while. He's got a lot of uh, experience now after uh, captaining the World Juniors last year and then uh, suffering an injury, but then actually getting off and playing over in uh, in Europe. 
Uh, he's gotten a lot of ice time. He's gotten bigger, stronger. We talked to uh, Steve Potman a couple weeks ago, and he thinks Barrett's going to be uh, an impact player. And then I think another year of seasoning for Clayton Keller can't hurt. And if Phil Kessel comes in um, not injured, uh, not laid up, and can go a little while. And then what I really like about the offensive uh, core for the Coyotes, Zach, is they added some size. They added Tyler Pitlick, who's mean and tough and strong. They added uh, John Hayden who's uh, also in that mode and yet another year of seasoning for uh, the very large six foot four, 220 pound loss in Krause. So I'm looking for big things from their forwards. Uh, how big? I don't know. I can't really go that deep. Um, I, I like their defensive core. Uh, Kyle Capabianco is listed on the roster right now. I think um, he's going to be one of the guys that, that has to bust, uh, bust open the uh, defensive core to secure his spot because um, there's a lot of talent there, and if they take Victor Soderstrom and uh, give him a roster spot, that's going to bump somebody out somewhere along the line. They have experience. Uh, Jordan Osterley, Ilya Labushkin, you look at guys like that. They still have Alex Goligoski and, of course, Oliver Ekman Larson, Jason Demers. I go down the list. Here's the surprising part for me, Zach, and maybe they're not done dealing. And I know we talked about this earlier they have three goaltenders signed, and all three of them are signed to professional contracts or NHL contracts. They have Aiden Hill, they have Darcy Kemper, Auntie Ranta. Um, I still think one of those guys is going to be traded at some point, whether it's now or at the deadline, or, or is there no deadline this year? I can't remember. There um, is. Yeah, there's a deadline. Okay. So, so one of them will have to, I think, be moved, because I don't think you can keep three three players of that caliber, unless you're anticipating injuries, uh, which again, with the Coyotes goaltenders, you never know, but um, your thoughts on the goaltenders. Um, well, I mean, in this circumstance, uh, I actually think they keep all three. Now, if we're talking in Vegas circumstances where you have Leonard and, uh, and flurry, um, I, that that's a salary cap thing. So I think that could have the potential for movement, but in this circumstance, with the compact schedule, um, I don't know for a fact, and I don't want to say it unless I know for a fact, but I know there was talks about allowing three goalies on the roster or allowing rosters to be expanded for who you carry because it's going to be so compacted. Um, so in this, for, for the Coyotes, I think having Kemper, Ranta, and Hill I think is actually a, a good call. One, because you have Ranta and Kemper – to per potentially mentor Hill, and he can go on the road with those guys, see how things are done. Uh, you know, um, if he needs to change anything during his pregame, during his preparation, um, he can also sit and learn from the guys in uh, in game. But um, I I actually disagree. I think they're going to keep all three, just because I think that compacted schedule is going to be something that's going to be the. Uh, the other team in the conference is what I'll call it because you're not only playing uh, Sharks, Kings, Anaheim, uh, the Ducks, the, the the Golden Knights, the Avalanche, the Wild and the Blues. You're playing against a very compacted schedule. So I would I'd venture to say that like in Seattle, they have the 12th man that you can't see on the field, which is the crowd. Um, it's going to be something similar where you're playing against an extra team in that conference in the compacted schedule. Because uh, you're playing every every other day for one, two, three. There's five. There's six, seven, eight days and eight days, eight games every other day. That's that's a lot. That's a heavy load for 
for a, a pro team and for pro goalies. So um, I think in this circumstance, I think all three will play, and I think Hill will get some pretty decent looks, um, and we'll see. I mean, they – now, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be opposed to – to them trading either Ranta or or um, um, Darcy Kemper, but I, I think in this circumstance, I think it put, it would be potentially the best thing to hang on to all three to be the most competitive that you can be for this season. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you on that because I think that's possible. But I also think if you run into that tough stretch, or maybe by the end of February when you start looking at the trade deadline. And you find out that hey, we're we're just we're out of it, uh, and you can move a goaltender and maybe get that draft pick or a draft pick or multiple draft picks back. Uh, I don't think that would be beyond the Coyotes' thought process, especially with Bill Armstrong just getting uh, an opportunity to take over because he knows he's going to build this team the way he wants. It's not only with addition of players, but also with uh, draft picks. So uh, who yeah. knows? We'll see. Um, and- let's take. Go ahead. The one, the one last thing that I would like to, to jump on just to kind of piggyback off of that goalie situation, but you got to believe that the uh, the GM for the Capitals, his name escapes me right now, he gave a phone call to Arizona knowing the situation of having those three goalies and having Ranta and Kemper uh, when Lundqvist unfortunately had to, to have his open-heart surgery. It was today um, they announced it, but – when they when they announced he wasn't going to be able to play, you got to believe that that was one of the the GMs that was called was Armstrong um, by the, the Capitals GM to see if he could potentially make a trade and work a deal to find a backup goalie like with the caliber that Ronta or Kemper has. So, yep, very good point. Okay, let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's jump into I'm going to call him your Colorado Avalanche because. You know him better than the back of your hand. So uh, we'll be back with Zach's Colorado Avalanche in about three minutes. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said It's been running through my head Locked and loaded Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. 
check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. I have a car whose lease is up soon, and I'll be looking around for the best deal that I can get. I have certain parameters that I'm looking for in that next vehicle. For example, I want a car that qualifies for a New York State HOV sticker. But being on Long Island won't stop me from taking advice from hockey great Shane Doan, and I'll be checking out Bell Ford and BellFord.com. Bell Ford, the presenting partner of our new season of the Sunday special at IcetimeHockeySW.com, was voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona. So go, shop where Shane Doan shops. Talk to Kevin Wood. Let him know that IcetimeHockeySW.com sent you and let him give you the all-star treatment online or at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host is always Zach Bondaran from beautiful Chandler, Arizona, where the wind is kicking up, the cold front moving through. It's a little chilly out there tonight, Zach. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely cooling down. I like when it gets to uh, be windy. Hopefully, we get a little bit of a little bit of rain. Like helps me sleep. It helps me sleep soundly. So. <laughs> um yeah it's getting starting to get much colder uh don't tell paul that because uh he'll have his uh he'll have his choice words for us on what cold really is well let, let me a little he booked his date for vegas so he will be arriving uh in about three weeks uh to do our week of shows and he is looking forward to it like you can't believe so shout out to paul our uh my co-host on sunday and tuesday night so We'll look forward to having the whole gang there and uh, and doing some shows from the uh, beautiful D Hotel. Sneaking over to the Circus Stadium Swim as well uh, to check that out and do some different things. And, of course, Bar Canada, going to be our home for four nights, so can't uh, can't pass that up. As I teased going into this segment, uh, this is Zach's Colorado Avalanche because uh, nobody knows them better than Zach Bondurant. So, Take it away, my friend. Tell us about uh, the schedule, first of all, for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Um, well, they start off immediately opening night, uh, St. Louis. So two years ago, the previous cup winners. Um, then you get to go uh, on the 15th with San Jose. And then they make a little road trip out to California with the LA Kings and then Anaheim. Uh, Kings 19 and 21 and the Ducks the 22nd and 24th. Um, then you get San Jose and then Minnesota to kind of close out the month. Um, the thing I think to like about the schedule is now not knocking St. Louis. St. Louis is a phenomenal team. Um, I think after last year kind of looked like they lost a little bit of that identity that helped them win the Stanley cup. Um, but they're definitely going to be a team to beat in this division. But uh, the Avalanche don't play the team that I think is the the biggest threat to to them, which would be the Golden Knights, until February fourteenth. Um, I do not love that, even though it's Valentine's Day. But maybe actually, uh, maybe I do, because uh, it's a good good game for us to kind of get two of our teams that we that we have in our area. But um, 
I mean, for the most part, they're kind of in the same boat as everyone else. Uh, as far as everyone else in the NHL, they're going to be um, they're going to be playing in St. Louis and the Golden Knights, two of the two of the top uh, top maybe seven teams, including themselves in the NHL. Um, the one thing that we had kind of touched on last segment with the the Coyotes and and like you had said, we didn't get to used to see a lot of West teams play the East teams, East teams play the West teams. Um, when it comes down to playoff time, I think there's going to be a lot of unfamiliar uh, unfamiliarity. And so that'll definitely look like a really good uh, playoffs for us. But uh, getting back to the Avalanche schedule, I'm kind of rambling there. Um, I think it's, I think the Avalanche are, are set up to have a good year. Uh, they, and they added Brandon Saad, in the in the off season, um, they added uh, the uh, Devin Taves, so that just adds to a already threatening defensive core who can move the puck. Um, it's going to be a very interesting uh, interesting year to see if they make any moves leading up to the season. I have a feeling a lot of it is just uh, housekeeping, um, you know, getting the guys healthy, getting the guys on the ice. The big thing that I'm kind of surprised that Sackick hasn't done yet was lock uh, lock Landeskog down and extend his contract. He would be an unrestricted free agent uh, at the end of this year, so that's a little concerning. Um, not so concerning that I don't think it'll get done. But you just would prefer to have your captain and and the guy who's such a big contributor to your team, uh, not only on the score sheet but physically and leadership wise. Um, it'd be nice to have him locked in, but, um, you know, maybe he's trying to figure out some numbers when it comes down to try and, um, get somebody next year. He may be looking down the road. He's got some goalies, uh, 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 Grubauer is going to need, a need another contract. So, um, it'll be interesting. Um, Kale McCarr will be a restricted free agent. So I ha- next at the end of this year. So I have a feeling that's another thing he'll be waiting for to try and sign Landis Cog as soon as he can figure out McCarr's. Uh, McCarr's contract because although Landis Cog is kind of the heart and soul of this team along with Eric Johnson, McCarr's definitely one of the top players that's on this the Avalanche team as well. So uh, for the most part, not a lot of news coming out of the Avs organization. Um, a former Avs player, I guess the only thing you could think of uh, would be Ryan O'Reilly being named captain of the St. Louis Blues. So uh, that'll be that'll be his first C that he gets to carry, but in all honesty, I think that's really the big news from the Avalanche organization. Like I said, I think it's mostly housekeeping and um, getting the team ready, getting the team healthy. Uh, they will not have fans at home games uh, in Colorado, so that is uh, that's definitely a bummer, uh, especially for anybody in Colorado. Um, so that's for the most part what's going on with them. I think the next thing would be is just – hitting the ice for for uh, preseason and getting ready for the Blues. Yeah, and I, I know you mentioned preseason, and I'm sure you meant training camp because there are no preseason games. So yeah, <laughs> that's, no, yeah that's, no, that's kind of what I was, uh, was going Yeah, on. I figured that was what it was. I just wanted to clarify that to let people know that there are no preseason games this year. It's a training camp, and then you're in the fire for 56 games in, what, 116 days or something like that. Um, yeah. 
when you look at the roster, Zach, the offensive roster, I, I mean, I get nervous just looking at it because I, I don't see uh, anybody that can really compete with that offense. And I'm not taking away anything from St. Louis or Dallas or uh, anybody in the West. Uh, certainly the Vegas Golden Knights are the closest team to them, but good Lord. I mean, you add a guy like Brendan Saad to that roster already, and uh, you you are really, really deep. So uh, barring any injuries, knock on wood, the Colorado Avalanche are just going to score goals. There's just no other way around it. If you're going to beat them, you're going to have to score more than them because I don't think they're going to gut you uh, win too many 2-1 games. So yeah. that, that's my thought on the offense. When I look at the defense, that was a spot that I thought was a little bit suspect last year, maybe something they could have uh, addressed, and they did, right? I mean, they got on got Devin Taves at the – uh, you know, and they got Eric Johnson back healthy and Kale McCarr is a year older. So uh, a lot of things look good on the defensive front. Uh, I want to finish up with the uh, with the Avalanche talk on their goaltenders because, uh, as you know, Minnesota Duluth, Minnesota boy, Hunter Miska is listed on their roster. I think he's on a two-way contract, but he is on the, ro- the roster behind uh, Frank Coos and, and Grubauer. So uh, congratulations to Hunter right now. We hope that he gets a shot at uh, – at playing and, and making some moves, and maybe even we're going to squeeze a little bit for the Avalanche to see if we can't get them on the show. Yeah, no, that would be phenomenal. Um, yeah, I think when you talked about, um, you know, the teams teams are going to have a really hard time keeping up with the Avalanche offensively, um, I think that's kind of the game plan is we're just going to score more goals than you can score on us, uh, which is how you win games. Um and then, like you talked about the defense, um, yeah, I mean, we talked about Taves, we talked about Johnson, and then McCarr, but the other guys we haven't really touched on is uh, Sam Gerrard, uh, who's going to be, he's definitely a phenomenal talent, one of those pieces that came back in the Duchesne trade. Um, and then on top of that, you have a guy like Connor Timmons. Um, he's fitting to make a, a roster spot this year. And then I don't know that you can leave out Bowen Byram. Um especially after the world juniors. Um, that's a kid that I'm really interested to see how he does. He may not make the top pairing uh, right off the get go. He may not even make the opening night roster, but I think pairing him with somebody in the beginning of the season, like Ian Cole, where you allow Byram to kind of take the keys and, and run with the run with the defense, uh, let Ian Cole be that responsible defensive defenseman that he's shown he can be. Um, I think that may be the plan. Um, same with McCarr. I think they put McCarr with Johnson um, because you have Johnson being that responsible defensive defenseman, and McCarr just allowing to run, be that that uh, uh, that fourth offensive player um, uh, on the the fourth off- offensive player on the ice. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a really interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see what the um, what the lineup is from night to night, because to be honest, uh, it's not going to be an easy job coaching these guys because all these trying to come up with an, uh, a line sheet every night is going to be challenging because this line, this team is loaded with talent. Um, you got to wonder where a guy like JT Comfort, who I'm a big fan of, got to see him at the university of Michigan, um, where he's going to fit into this roster. Could he be a second line winger or third line center? Um, Andre Barakovsky, who is just, phenomenal for the team last year looking like an absolute steal from from the capitals 
Um, you know, where is he going to slot in? Because he definitely earned the contract that he got and put up tons of points. And then on top of that, you got Nazem Kadri. I mean, the list goes on and on. So when you look at this this team, um, I think they definitely have a good shot to to win the cup this year. Um, and I, I'd said it before when we were doing the the pandemic playoff podcast. I truly feel like the Abs have a a better chance of getting a cup before Vegas. Um, only for the fact that, well, not only, but one, because the talent is so stacked and the youth Vegas is obviously talented, but they're in such a cap, um, a cap crunch that when it comes to being, you know, deadline deals to try and find that, that extra piece to put them over the top, uh, it's going to be a big challenge and you may have to lose a piece that's very intricate to your team, whereas the Avalanche can have plenty of cap space. So um, uh, it'll be very interesting seeing seeing the Avalanche. Um, I, I really think they're going to make a run through this division. Um, but on their way to the playoffs, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the playoffs with such a young team, and hopefully they can they can make a strong push. Okay, so you led me right into my closing statement on the Avalanche. When I look at their schedule, um, I think the Avalanche – could, as talented as they are and as, uh, as skilled and as also the great mix, as you mentioned, of the young and the veterans, I think that they have a chance to really run away and hide the first two months of the season because yeah. I look at their schedule and, yeah, they get St. Louis, but they get them at home. Then they yeah. go on the road and they get the Kings who are down and they get Anaheim who's down. Uh, so really their road trip is not going to be – a daunting to start off the season. Then they come back and they get San Jose at home. And then they go to Minnesota to, to close out the month of January. I mean, it, it's theoretical, Zach. And, and I hate to put expectations like, especially on this type of season, but they could really go nuts and, 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 you know, get, get way out in front in the first two months of the season, especially on a 56 game season, because they're that talented. I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see that happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like you said, you figure maybe they go one-one in St. Louis or against St. Louis, and then theoretically, yeah, the the Kings you take two off of them, so that's three-one. The Ducks, you know, though that's on the road, but yeah, then you're up to five-one. San Jose. I don't know. That that's also like oh, that's why they play the game. You know, something could be oh, yeah. completely yeah. terribly wrong in that yeah. in that locker room. We have no idea, but um, yeah, it, it'll be a very interesting first first few weeks for them. Okay, it's also something called injuries. So we got to stay yes. healthy. They have to stay healthy um, because it, it, when you're playing back, to, not back to back all the time, but every other night, a there's no time to practice, and b there's really no time to recover. So uh, they're gonna. This is gonna be a trying year. It's gonna be more trying than the playoffs last year, I think, because uh, this is 56 games. Uh, it, it's limited travel because you're playing teams so close to you, but. It's still travel, and like I said, it's it's almost every other night right down the list, and there are some back-to-back, so it's going to be a challenge, I think, on that end. But let's take another quick break, and let's come back, and I call the Avalanche your team. We're going to call the Vegas Golden Knights my team because that's the team that I'm uh, most embedded with. Of course, we have Seth uh, Askelson with the Coyotes, so I will spend a lot of my time uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights. So let's take another quick break, and we'll be right back to uh, to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. We've all been there. 
We know what kind of gift to get someone, but sometimes it can be too hard to make sure that the gift is the right size or style. So we shrug our shoulders and try to think of something else. Well, if that person is the hockey player in your life, the answer is easy. A gift certificate or a gift card to Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Whether you go to any of our Three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com, our gift cards are the perfect solution. Sports equipment, especially hockey equipment, has to feel right to the user. And the Behind the Mask gift card allows you to show the player how much you care and lets them pick out what's right for them, whether we're talking about sticks, gloves, skates, or more. Pick one up today at any of our Behind the Mask locations in Gilbert, Peoria, or Scottsdale or at BehindTheMask.com. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. If you live in the Valley, you know that there are no shortage of options when it comes to eating Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste combined with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos, which are served all day, to the combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona, in a chilly Scottsdale, Arizona, where the wind is blowing and it's cooled down into the uh, upper 40s, I think, right now, Zach. And my co-host, Zach Mondrand, out in Chandler, Arizona, about 30 miles from me, where it's uh, probably about the same. Fair? Uh, yeah, give or take. I mean, <laughs> we're we're in the we're all in the desert down here, so it's you know it's maybe a few degrees cooler, but you know when it's, that's that doesn't account for anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to say that uh, we just welcomed on, as you've heard in the last spot, the. Uh, the guys from Burrito Express, Angel and Mark Marin, uh, that were uh, gracious enough to jump on board with us and become corporate partners. So welcome aboard Burrito Express. If you're looking for some great Mexican food, and especially a burrito, you got to get to one of their uh, Valley locations because uh, it's fantastic. Uh, I had a breakfast burrito this morning, Zach, along with uh, – made it a combination. So I had the rice and the beans too, and it was very, very good. So – Shout out to the guys from Burrito Express. We thank them for coming on board with us. Uh, time to talk a little Vegas Golden Knights. I know I said they were my Vegas Golden Knights. I'm teasing people. Don't start giving me hate emails <laughs> and Twitter feeds. Um, I, I'm very fond of the, the Golden Knights because I was there before they were the Golden Knights. and uh, it, it, They're just a team that, that I think does it right from the ownership on down. And 
Uh, you look at their roster, um, they're, they're loaded. But before we get to the roster, let, let's talk about their schedule, Zach. They're going to open, as I said, against Anaheim in Vegas on the 14th and 16th of January. Then they have four games in, uh, what, six nights with the uh, Arizona Coyotes, two in Vegas and two in Arizona. So um, <laughs> if people wanted that rivalry, it's going to happen quickly. And then uh, after that, they have uh, St. Louis coming to Vegas and then uh, the Sharks and, and so on down the list. But when I look at it, I think uh, Vegas has a, the same type of shot that um, Colorado has to really get off to a fast start if they're ready to play. And I think that was a thing last year, if we remember correctly. They, they didn't deem themselves ready to play, uh, and it ended up costing Gerard Gallant his job. And uh, with Peter DeBoer right now, I can assure you this roster will be ready to play hockey when the, the puck drops on the 14th. So your thoughts on the schedule after you've had a chance to look at it for the Vegas Golden Knights? Yeah, I mean, you said it. When you look at it, their first their first six games they play, you have the Ducks twice and then the Coyotes, you know, four times in a row. So, um, again, uh, it's all speculation, and this is why they play the game. But you're looking at potentially a 6-0 and start. Um, and then I, I got to think that, you know, they take a win uh, off of St. Louis, uh, cause they're at home. So you figure if they go one, one, that's a seven and one start. That's an excellent start to, uh, a hockey season. Um, but again, that's definitely why they play the game. Um, and yeah, I mean, when you look at the talent that the, the Knights have, it's, it, it's, it's definitely a daunting, it's a daunting roster. Um, I think the biggest difference when we look at uh, the Avalanche, since that was our last segment, um, we look at the two different styles of talent. Uh, Vegas has the the veteran talent. Um, they have the Max Pacioretty, uh, Mark Stone, who's going to be uh, probably going to be their captain. I don't think they've named a captain. Correct me if I'm wrong. They but, have uh, not. Not that I'm yeah. aware of or not that they've told anybody yet, but they told us that there will be one. So Yeah. So you're probably looking at Mark Stone as your captain. Um, I, you may have uh, Picarangelo as a potential front runner, but it's hard for me to believe that uh, you'd have a brand new person come to the locker room and automatically take the C. Um, you know, even though a lot of these guys – in the NHL, they, they know each other really well. They know what, what the other players are like. So, um, But you got to think that Stone is going to be that that captain. And then, like I said, they got Picarangelo to to round out that, that, um, that veteran talent that they have. And, I mean, on top of that, you have an Alec Martinez, a two-time Stanley Cup champion with the Kings. Um, you have you know, Peyton Krebs, which is going to be a young gun coming in, trying to find a spot in the roster. Cody Glass is going to be fighting for a spot on the roster. Jack Dugan, uh, same situation. Um, so it, it's it's a team that's loaded. They're, they're loaded to win a Stanley Cup right now. Um, when you look at the goalies, they have Danzig, Fleury, Leonard, and Thompson all on the roster. Um, and I think when it comes down to it, that's the position that's going to be there – that's going to be the biggest contributor for the Golden Knights this year is uh, the goaltenders. Uh, because, like I said, the up front, 
They're going to be able to score the crafty goals. They're going to, you know, they're not going to be the running gun team like the Avalanche probably are going to be, but they're going to be the team that that plays a little bit of a grittier style. They're going to use the the uh, the veteran knowledge. They're going to score the they're going to score the goals that you're supposed to score. They're not going to miss those golden opportunities. No pun intended. But um, <laughs> good boy, yeah, I like it. I'm not going to miss the golden <laughs> opportunity. I uh, I definitely think that the goaltending position is going to be their their biggest factor this year and the most impactful in that in that circumstance. Okay, well, let me tell you a couple of things that I noticed right off the get-go when I looked at their roster. Um, the uh, Coyotes had their roster pretty much listed, and it did not include, I don't believe, any AHL players. I looked at the, at the Colorado uh, roster. That didn't include any or maybe just a couple guys that could be AHL players. When I look at the Vegas Golden Knights, they listed everybody in their organization. Yeah, they just NHL threw, roster. They just so, said, you know, we'll take everyone. <laughs> and and let me tell you why I think that is because, uh, as we all know, they're uh, very near the cap. Uh, they're over the cap limit yes. right now, and they're going to have to look to do something. And I think there are a lot of players in that roster that are going to give the opportunity, especially the younger players, to play their way onto a roster where they can afford to move somebody uh, that's a little bit older and more expensive uh, if somebody steps up. And I'm thinking Cody Glass. I'm thinking uh, Lucas Elvinez. I'm thinking Peyton Krebs. Uh, I can go down the list of young guys that, that have a shot to get in there, and that will allow them to trade, cut, move, whatever you want to do uh, with some players. But they have to be confident that those players are ready. Uh, I haven't seen Cody Glass myself. But I know um, some of the players or some of the other media people in Vegas have told me that yeah, I probably won't recognize him when I see him because he's put on that much weight, size. Uh, he's very, very skilled, as we know. And they say that he's ready to make a difference. And it's come from other uh, Vegas Golden Knights players, those, those compliments. So that's going to be uh, something to keep an eye on. The other thing with the Golden Knights is uh, Alex Petrangelo, the, uh, the pickup of him. Uh, and and the addition of him, along with Shea Theodore, both of them are extremely close already. They've talked many times before. They are they're going to be a dynamic duo if they play together, and if they don't, they're going to stabilize the defensive core. Uh, it's going to be up to guys like Braden McNabb to step it up a little bit. Zach Whitecloud is going to have to come into his his own, if you will. Um, I think Alec Martinez is going to have to play what we think Alec Martinez is like he was with LA. Uh, Nick Holden's going to be a guy that's uh, he's going to have to play pretty well if he's going to keep his spot. So that's going to be interesting. And then, like I said, uh, like you said, uh, the goaltenders, Marc-Andre Fleury, Robin Leonard, we both know what they're getting paid. We both know how good they are and they are going to be competing and they're going to have to be the backstops because unlike Colorado, I don't think uh, the Golden Knights are going to outscore everybody. Colorado might, <laughs> but but I think um, the Golden Knights have kind of a balance, but it starts in goal. And uh, with the addition of uh, Alex Petrangelo, I think that's going to make a big, big difference in stabilizing their uh, defensive core, which should allow the offense to pick up a little bit. So, yeah, you said it. They're built to win a cup right now. If they don't win the cup this year or next year, it's going to be uh, uh, another missed Opportunity, I think they're going to look at it and they're going to have to do a serious look at how they build their roster again. 
Yeah, and I think it's safe to say, and I think, I, I mean, it's everyone's goal to win a Stanley Cup, you know, every year. If that's not your goal, then you're in the wrong position. But I, I really think, um, I, I really think if Vegas does not get a cup this year or next year, I think they would look at it as, you know, it, it's a bust. Um, everything they've done, they're like, well, what have we done this for? Um, and that's not knocking them. I would, I would be in the same situation. Like I am here to win. Victor Angelo came here to win. Um, they want to solidify that, uh, that legacy. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury's stayed here. You know, he didn't stay, but he, he's here to win. Um, you know, it's, it, this is, this is a team that is definitely wants to win every single one of them. Now, the one thing like that you had alluded to, Cody Glass putting on the weight. Um, I think especially for uh, for Golden Knights management, they are hoping that this is Cody Glass's breakout year uh, because they did take the the option to trade Suzuki to Montreal as part of that um, that Pacioretty deal. So now. I think the pressure is going to really be on Cody glass because the, you know, you look at it and say, okay, well we traded Nick Suzuki because we believe that you were the guy. Um, now it's time for him to show it. And I believe he will. I think he's an excellent player, uh, especially he put on the weight. He can maintain all the skill and his skating skill um, with that weight. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a big contributor. Um, and I, I, I think the Pey- I think Peyton Krebs, uh, I think could have an impact, but Jack Dugan, I think is also going to have an impact because you need those young guys to, to come in and fill out that depth when it comes to trying to make a cup run. So um, I'm really excited to see this team. Definitely excited to see uh, uh, Ryan Reeves back out there. Maybe we get a little fisticuffs with him because uh, um, Lord knows we can use some, some excitement. So um, this is going to be, <laughs> well, I think this is going to be a good team. It's like we're a great team because you just led me into my clothes on the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights too. Uh, the excitement factor. If there's one team I think in the NHL that's going to miss their fans the most, it's going to be the Vegas Golden Knights. And I know they will do something special uh, in T-Mobile Arena to uh, create atmosphere because that's just what they do. I mean, it's the entertainment capital of the world when you go to Vegas. So they will find some way to uh, create excitement. But not having those fans, I mean, I've been in a lot of arenas, and I've told this people for, for my 50-plus years on this earth. I've seen a lot of hockey games and a lot of arenas, and uh, day in and day out, a T-Mobile arena is the arena that knocks me out. I mean, it, it just – they never, ever disappoint. So it's going to be a sad season if they can't have any fans at any point, but I think that might be – the biggest thing and the biggest adjustment for the Golden Knights players is to get used to not having the fans there and the fanfare. So we'll see yeah, how it so, goes. It gets started really quickly. Yeah, I was going to say, or do we know for for sure that they're starting without fans? Because I, yep, they're for sure start. Okay, yeah, I mean, yep. it's that's kind of what I figured for most places. Um, and I mean, if that's what they got to do in order to get it going, I, you know. Just, let's well, just do it, get it over with, you know. The, the talk in Vegas was that's why they're thrilled to be playing the Coyotes uh, so early, you know, in the season because they think a lot of Vegas people are going to try to get tickets uh, to, to Arizona 
to watch their team. So it'll be a, it'll be a rivalry right now, not only on the ice but in the seats as well, because okay. Vegas fans will be trying to get the tickets away from the Coyotes fans and uh, and get into their arena with limited numbers. If Vegas does succeed in doing that, they're going to turn it into a home ice advantage. So uh, Coyotes fans are going to have to step up and hold on to their tickets and do what they need to do if they want to keep uh, the home ice that they're trying to achieve. So, yeah, and okay. I mean the one thing before we just close out, the one thing I think you know could potentially be. Uh, um, something that's the silver lining in all of this. Maybe this does breed the Arizona Vegas rivalry, even though they may not be at the same skill level and same place within the organization. Um, maybe this does help the, the rivalry because we all know the fans drive the rivalry. Uh, yeah. So, yep. so hopefully that's the case. Well, and let me throw two things on top of that real quick. Uh, first of all, Vegas doesn't look at Arizona as a rival and uh, they look at, the Southern California teams, the Ducks, the Kings, as their rival. And the other thing that you got to look forward to, I guess, is if um, this, we get back to normal next season, the Coyotes will be out of the division, which will really hurt the rivalry. So uh, enjoy it while you can, uh, hockey fans, yeah. because it's going to be intense this season. Every game in the West is going to be intense in the Pacific Division anyway, uh, I think, because uh, the competition – uh, there's not a love, lot of love lost between any of the teams. So, Okay, so we'll wrap up tonight by saying that uh, – oh, I want to finish on the, the Golden Knights real quickly. Uh, congratulations to Derek Anglin for a great career. Uh, yes. Started in Vegas with the Wranglers. Uh, yeah, very good. We got, we got an audience. <laughs> uh, Derek is hanging around. Uh, I've uh, inquired to get Derek on the show, so hopefully maybe even on Vegas week we'll get Derek to uh, – to sit down with us and, and give us a little time, but he's going to hang in with the organization. He's great in the community. As we all know, it started way back on uh, uh, one October when they had the uh, terrible shooting in Vegas. Uh, Derek was the spokesperson for the golden Knights for the most part. And um, he's earned that role. He's earned his respect. Uh, he's the first guy to retire as a golden Knight. So congratulations to Derek Anglin. Hopefully we get a chance to talk to him uh, on the show and, and get his thoughts on just where uh, where things go from here. but uh, And also, we will be talking about the AHL teams. We're going to break that down in a couple of weeks when we get a little closer to their start date, which I still believe is going to be sometime around February 5th. I haven't heard for sure. Have you heard on that? Uh, nothing for sure. I, I have a feeling they're kind of waiting to see how this goes with the start of the NHL. Um, that could potentially be a spot where they have limited fans as well. So, um, so we'll see, but yeah, n nothing for sure yet. Like I said, I think they're waiting to see how this goes with the NHL 13th and 14th, 15th. Okay. So that kind of wraps it all up. Like I said, be, uh, be on the lookout for, uh, your graphic design work because, uh, we're going to be talking, uh, talking up our trip to Vegas. It's going to be a lot of fun at the D hotel, our presenting partner. Um, we'll say good night tonight with little Roger Klein and the peacemakers right after Zach does his thing. Yep. All right, so Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Voted the best Ford dealer in Arizona, Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giants, presenting partner of the Sunday Special. Ask to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him Ice Time Hockey SW sent you to see the top-selling line of Ford trucks and more. The D Las Vegas Resort Casino. From Fremont Street and experience to the iconic American Coney Island restaurant, we are more than just a great gaming action. Book your spot at the D.com. 
Verizon, the 5G and 5G Ultraband for business that America has been waiting for. Buy summer skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the summer skates banner. Buy Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com where we can provide all your hockey needs, whether it's ice or inline. See the website or three Valley locations for more. Whether it's playoff time or any time, it's always time for the best barbecue in Las Vegas. Call us at 1-702-541-5546 or go to jessieraysbarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, it's all about the butt. By M-Drive, Monday's not only Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly Talk, it is also gym day. So go to mdriveformen.com, use the promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off. M-Drive for energy, stamina, and recovery. The D Las Vegas Resort Casinos, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, and all the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW.com, oh, I'm sorry, ITS, <laughs> ITHS podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D, Las Vegas Oregon Casino, is part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. There we go. He's got it all, folks. Uh, <laughs> just, a quick, just a quick reminder as well, the D is also uh, just down the Fremont Street from the brand-new Circa Hotel. Uh, congratulations to Derek Stevens and everybody at Circa and the D and the Golden Gate. Uh, Circa opened uh, for rooms tonight, so you can actually start booking your rooms and staying at the Circa and enjoying the uh, stadium swim and the, the huge sports book and uh, everything that goes along with it, the mega bar. Uh, it's just nonstop action on Fremont Street. So congratulations to our friends at the D, the Golden Gate, and, of course, Circa. Uh, we'll say goodnight tonight with a little uh, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers De Niro. Good night, everybody.